overall, the trend that we're seeing is that companies want to find new and innovative ways to increase their impact in the near term. And all of this is working in tandem on their longer term greenhouse gas reduction strategies. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Smart Energy Voices. I'm John Fiella. I hope you've been enjoying season two and have had an opportunity to listen all of the episodes in season one. We'd love to have you subscribe to the show and leave us a review. At our recent Renewable Energy Forum, our Director of Content and Research, Deborah Channel, had the opportunity to sit down for an interesting conversation with Stephanie Harris, Director, Carbon Markets at Three Degrees to discuss addressing residual emissions on the path to net zero. It's a great conversation we think you'll learn a lot from. So without further ado, here's Deborah and Stephanie. Steph, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I want to start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Three Degrees. Thanks, Deborah. Really excited to be here today. As you mentioned, I am director on the Carbon Markets Group at Three Degrees. I manage most of our commercial activities, so any of the purchasing of credits that we do and the selling of credits, working directly with our carbon operations team, who's responsible for developing new projects and the day-to-day management and ongoing operations of our existing carbon projects. And I am situated here in Rainy, cloudy Portland, Oregon. And that's how it always is in Portland, Oregon, right? (laughs) But anyway, let's just dive right in. And I want to start to get a level playing field here. Let's define residual emissions. What exactly does that mean? So today we are defining residual emissions as the emissions remaining after all technically and economically feasible opportunities to reduce emissions in an organization's applicable scopes and sectors have been implemented. So this could include direct emissions under scope one, emissions from purchased electricity in scope two, and potentially indirect emissions under scope three, depending on where a company draws its boundaries. And residual emissions should decrease over time as more technical and feasible opportunities to reduce emissions for any given company will change and evolve over time. And I think there's still some uncertainty around when to actually address these emissions, given that many greenhouse gas reduction strategies can be implemented over a longer time frame. So I think a general rule of thumb is reduce whatever you can today and offset the rest all within a broader strategy that strives to reduce emissions as aggressively as possible, as quickly as possible. Okay. And tell us, why is it so important that companies are dealing with this issue today and that they're taking action? And as a second part of that, talk a little bit also about how the supply chain picture fits in there. Right. So many organizations around the globe 
recognize the importance of taking urgent climate action today. That means they are looking closely at how to tackle all scopes of their emissions, right? We just mentioned scopes one, two, and three. So for many organizations, there are emissions they will not be able to address in the near term. For example, a lot of companies that Three Degrees works with include transportation-related emissions in their scope three carbon footprint, whether that's emissions from shipping packages or travel or some other activity, but they aren't able to directly reduce their emissions from that part of the business since they don't have direct control over that part of their business. And so the same thing can be said for supply chain emissions. Some large organizations are actually able to influence their suppliers and help implement emission reduction programs in their supply chain. But for a lot of organizations, they may not directly know the suppliers in their supply chain, or it just may take time for their suppliers to take action on their own. So there's a real need to address those supply chain emissions, the scope three emissions, maybe transportation-related emissions in the near term. Since I'm the content director for Smart Energy Decisions, and I can't tell you how many stories we're running now about companies setting net zero goals. That is the big, big trend. I want you to talk about what you're seeing in terms of organizations setting those goals and specifically how they're addressing these residual emissions with those goals. Right. So we're also seeing a lot of organizations stepping up and making stronger, more impactful climate commitments, whether that's a carbon neutrality commitment or setting science-based targets or a long-term net zero goal, some combination of, of all of those three initiatives. But even after these organizations do everything they can to reduce their emissions on the path to achieve these goals on the path to net zero, for example, there's likely going to be emissions left over. And so while there are still ongoing discussions around how residual emissions are addressed under each of these various commitments, there's some general consensus, I think, around best practices in the market. In general, we're working with more and more organizations who are recognizing the importance and the role that carbon offsets can play as an instrument to address residual emissions in the near, near term, while the standards around net zero, for example, become better defined and we have better criteria to understand what it means to be net zero. We're also seeing companies use carbon offsets in tandem with a science-based target strategy, for example, to meet an annual carbon neutrality goal. So a lot of these goals and climate commitments can happen together. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. And the ultimate goal is to get us on a path towards these long-term net zero commitments and, and addressing those residual emissions with offsets along the way. Okay, so let's talk about the process a little bit. If I'm a company and I'm, I want to assess the options that are available to meet these goals, how do I go about doing that? How do I know what makes the most sense for my organization? So if an organization is going to invest in offsets to address their residual emissions, there's a wide range of criteria that an organization can and should assess when they're thinking about purchasing offsets. I'm just going to run through a list of some of the criteria that we'll often work with our customers on. 
First is cost, and that tends to be a big driver. What is the organization's allocated budget for offsets, which is often the main point of conversation? But there's also criteria like location. Is the carbon offset project in a location that somehow relates to the buyer's business and their organization? Or is the project situated in a region that might be otherwise marginalized or suffering some disadvantages? We also work with our our customers to think about co-benefits. So in addition to climate and greenhouse gas reduction benefits, what benefits does the project provide? Are there air quality benefits, social impact benefits, habitat protection, biodiversity? There's kind of a, a list of things that we can look at and assess depending on the project type. There's also, in addition to the project type itself, the broader category of whether it's nature-based solutions or some industrial process. So some buyers may prefer nature-based solutions, which use natural processes to mitigate emissions or sequester carbon. Other buyers might prefer direct emission reductions from very well-understood industrial processes where there's maybe more clear quantification and and less modeling from the greenhouse gas accounting perspective. And, And another criteria might be project proponents, who's involved in the project, who benefits from the sale of credits. Some buyers might seek to ensure project proponents are consistent with the organization's purchasing philosophy or their sustainability criteria. So there's a lot of different ways that we can help buyers and our customers assess what are the right projects for them and how does it meet their their needs and their organization's goals. It's interesting when you started that answer, you started with cost. And I don't think we've done a single survey at Smart Energy Decisions where cost isn't the number one driver of so many things that companies are doing. Of course, that makes perfect sense. So I want you to talk a little bit about some of the clients that Three Degrees has been dealing with, not specifically, but whatever you can reveal about their efforts in this area, what their goals are, and the options that were chosen to help them meet these goals. Absolutely. So many of the customers that we work with when it comes to actually purchasing carbon offsets choose to look toward and implement what we call a portfolio approach, meaning the customer will support multiple projects. It might be for a single year or for multiple years. And these projects might span or this portfolio might span different geographies, utilize different project types. The projects might be at different price points based on the market. And so a strategy like this usually helps bring the overall cost of the portfolio down. As we were mentioning, that tends to be a very big factor and driver in procurement decisions. And this portfolio approach still allows the customer to support more charismatic projects that that they want to talk about and market to to their customers or the general public. We're also working with organizations who are becoming increasingly more interested in supporting new projects. So that might look like making a commitment to be a long-term off-taker of credits from a new project that we are developing. Or a company might work with us to make an equity investment in a new project. There's a number of different structures that we can work with customers on. But overall, the trend that we're seeing is that companies want to find new and innovative ways to increase their impact in the near term. And all of this is working in tandem on their longer term 
greenhouse gas reduction strategies. We can never talk about the drivers without also talking about the challenges. Tell us a little bit about what challenges your clients have been encountering and if there's anything particularly unexpected. For new market entrants or buyers, there's often a challenge in just understanding the market and the various facets and complexities of carbon offsets and greenhouse gas accounting. The market tends to be opaque and is somewhat illiquid. So it's often a challenge for buyers to have access to all of the information they need quickly to make informed decisions. There's various initiatives underway and organizations that are working on some solutions to address the opaqueness and maybe lack of transparency in the voluntary carbon market. But that can absolutely be a challenge, especially initially when you're really trying to understand what options are available at at what prices, what does quality mean, and what should I be doing as an organization? So that leads me to another challenge, which is maybe the challenge of defining appropriate and relevant quality criteria. Not all offsets are created equally. So defining what quality means for each organization can be a challenge. At Three Degrees, we work with organizations to help them define what that criteria should be and and how they should be thinking about and assessing quality criteria and how they should communicate that to internal stakeholders or decision makers that are involved in, in these procurement decisions. Lastly, historically, there have been questions, maybe even controversy around the role offsets should play in a sustainability strategy or how impactful offsets are in a larger climate strategy. At Three Degrees, part of our work is helping organizations understand that there's a very clear use case for voluntary offsets and that these short-term strategies really do need to be happening in tandem with longer-term reduction goals and plans. Okay. And our next question, and this is 2020, so we can't avoid it. Let's talk a little bit about COVID, whether we want to or not. So a two-part question. First of all, how do you find the effects of COVID impacting your clients and the decisions that they're making. And second, a big issue is going to be how are 2020 emissions going to be handled? I mean, it's a straightforward bookkeeping question. If you're starting to set goals and you need a baseline, what do you do if you're in the middle and you need to record this as part of a a long-term goal? Or if this is the ending year, how are these emissions going to be reported and treated on such a crazy year? Right. So for your first question, we've seen some impact from COVID in the voluntary market, but in reality, the demand in the market is stronger than ever. So there are some industries or sectors that that are being hit much harder by COVID than others. And that's that's playing a huge role on, on those businesses. And maybe those organizations need to refine budgets or assumptions or procurement plans. But there's kind of still a big part of, of the market that and, and companies that recognize the urgency of climate action, even during this unprecedented year. And it's actually, as a whole, been a, a pretty robust year for the voluntary carbon market. There's also organizations that have already made very public climate commitments and and want to continue to act on those commitments. And I think that's a really big driver for a lot of the action we continue to see this year. 
when you're thinking about the logistics of baseline setting and maintaining a program and using 2020 maybe as your baseline year, that can be really challenging. So one approach can be looking back at historical data, maybe looking at a year that more accurately represents what your organization's emissions profile looks like in a year that's not 2020. There's also some opportunities to kind of reshape your procurement and, and potentially use credits that you had allocated one year in another year. Offsets have a lot of fungibility. So there's flexibility in, in how you can be thinking about your procurement plan and maybe applying credits into to future years or pulling credits from other parts of your portfolio into your existing emissions profile. So there's a lot of different approaches that we're seeing companies take to manage some of the 2020 uncertainty that we've all been a part of. Uncertainty is definitely one of the watchwords for the year. <laughs> but we're moving forward and it's good to know that people are strong in their commitments and they're going to figure all of this out. So Steph Harris, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks to you and your team from Three Degrees for making this possible. We appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. Thanks again to Stephanie and Deborah for an important conversation. I'd also like to thank you, our community of listeners, for listening to the podcast and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell your colleagues and peers about it. To learn more about how you can become a part of the next Smart Energy Decisions event, just click on the link in the show notes for more information. We're honored to have the opportunity to share important conversations like this one featuring leaders of the energy transition in this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. 